0: Hello and welcome to the Smart Injury Doctors Podcast, the injury market's top program for doctors, lawyers, and insurers who want to gain greater insight on how to improve patient recovery results and deliver better services in the U.S. injury market. Please welcome your host, Dr. Jeffrey Allen Cronk. Hello, doctors, and welcome to today's program. Today, what I want to talk about is x-ray guidelines and their importance in chiropractic. Now, more than ever before, it is very, very important to address x-ray guidelines. I do programs with doctors called Smart Injury Doctors, and in that, I train doctors on how to accurately determine one of the primary physical causes of low back pain, neck pain, headaches, or many of the common musculoskeletal complaints that patients suffer from today, either acutely or chronically. Acutely from an acute injury or chronically from an acute injury that has left them with chronic symptoms. So one of the biggest things is that X-ray guidelines are incredibly important because X-ray is one of the key tools in being able to assess the damage itself. Without X-rays, you cannot assess a spinal ligament injury, and spinal ligament injuries are the number one cause of pain and disability in the world today. And more doctors have to start speaking up about this within the chiropractic profession. Um, because if not, you the chiropractic profession will lose its ability to do things like x-ray. So, you know, many of you know that there's, there are different types of, of guidelines out there. And one of the things I want to express is, is actually what a guideline is i mean i think it's important and i think a lot of a lot of young doctors and a lot of uh, doctors in general do not know what a you know what a, what a healthcare guideline is what a clinical practice guideline is and why they're so important so let's define a clinical practice guideline these are statements that include recommendations intended to optimize patient care. Again, what are they for? They're intended to optimize patient care. Again, is that important? Is it important to optimize patient care? Yes. What does that mean, optimize patient care? It means to provide procedures that will optimize the patient's recovery. Right? That's what optimized patient care is. Optimized patient care is where the patient has a condition, they go into a doctor and the doctor gets rid of that condition optimally, very quickly, cost effectively. Not the state of today's doctors. Today's state of healthcare in the United States of America today is so bad. I mean, it's so bad. Um, we, we could We could go all day on the injury statistics. The injury statistics are off the charts. The chronic disability rates are off the charts. The fact that the United States Citizens consume 80% of the world's opioid drugs. 80% of the world's opioid drugs are consumed by the United States, right? So, you know, we have, we have a very, very bad uh, drug problem in the United States. The United States, uh, probably if we wanted to go to the COVID 19 and, and figure out why COVID 19 hits the United States hard, all we'd have to do is look at the fact that the lower your immune system is, the more that a virus can attack you. And people who are chronically on drugs are going to have inherently lower immune systems. But what we're talking about right now is, is, is guidelines, clinical guidelines. Right. So in a chiropractor's practice... We want to maintain the fact that the way you identify a condition, let's look at you know one of the practice guidelines that I promote the most is the ICA Best Practice Guidelines. These are incredibly good practice guidelines. They have a, a guideline for x-ray called the PCCRP Guidelines. You can look them up, pccrp.org. And what they state is if you're going to use an x-ray, It says, radiography has been proven for visualizing human anatomy and in particular spinal structures. The goal of radiography in chiropractic is to, one, make an assessment of the spinal subluxation. Now, many doctors today, many chiropractors today, don't like that word because they don't even know what it it means. They don't know for the last hundred years, it just means a problem with the joint that causes nerve interference. A problem with the joint that causes nerve interference. A bone that's lost its normal justiposition causing nerve interference. So a bone that has lost its normal justip- justiposition that's not causing nerve interference. It's not causing pain. It's not causing a motor problem. It's not causing a sensory problem. It's not ca- causing a uh, organ problem of any way is just a bone that's lost, it's just a position. That's called a misalignment or misalignment of the vertebra itself. But when that misalignment configuration causes nerve interference, pain, uh, decrease in sensitivity, increase in sensitivity, motor function loss, it causes a clinical symptom, it's called a spinal subluxation. And in 1972, Um, there was a consensus um, by the liberal chiropractic colleges of the Houston Medicare Conference chose 17 spinal displacements as spinal subluxation patterns to be used by the federal government. So if you had a flexion malposition that caused nerve interference, you had a subluxation. An extension malposition, you you had a subluxation. A lateral flexion malposition that caused nerve interference, you had a a subluxation, a rotational malposition that caused nerve interference. You had a subluxation. Antralisthesis that caused nerve interference. You had a subluxation. Retrolisthesis that caused nerve interference. You had a subluxation. Altered osseous spacing that caused nerve interference. You had a subluxation. Osseous foramenal encroachment that caused nerve interference. You had a subluxation. If you had a hypomobile fixation that caused nerve interference, you had a subluxation. If you had a hypermobility that caused nerve interference, you had a subluxation. If you had aberrant motion that caused nerve interference, you had a subluxation. You had sectional subluxations. If you had scoliosis or alteration of the curves that caused nerve interference, you had a subluxation. If you had subluxation secondary to muscle imbalance and an alteration of curve and it caused nerve interference, you had a subluxation. If you had structural asymmetries, like a decompensation of adapt- adaptional curvatures, and it caused nerve interference, you had a subluxation. If you had structural asymmetries that caused abnormalities in motion that caused nerve interference, you had a subluxation. If you had a uh, paravertebral subluxation, coaster- costovertebral or uh disrelationship that caused nerve interference, you had a subluxation. That's what a subluxation is. Now, getting back to, it says radiography is proven to, is basically used to, one, make an assessment of the spinal subluxation. You can't tell any of those things. You can't tell any rotation, anterolesthesis, retrolesthesis. You can't tell if there's a fracture. You can't tell... If there's loss of curve, you can't tell if there's a reverse curve, you can't tell if there's altered osseous spacing, you can't tell if there's osseous foraminal encroachment, you can't tell if there's hypermobility, hypomobility, aberrant motion, you can't tell any of that without an x-ray. And if you have any of that and it causes nerve interference, you have a subluxation. Now the biggest problem in chiropractic is chiropractic has never codified how to locate this thing. Never codified it. But it's the easiest thing when you, under, when you understand injury work, it's actually really easy to do. Because it says, look, The first thing you're supposed to do is make an assessment of the spinal subluxation. The second thing you're supposed to do is make a determination of spinal health, including the presence of any soft tissue injury. Now, the number one injury that causes the number one amount of uh, chronic pain and instability today in the market is a ligament injury to the spine. Nobody, Nobody disagrees with that. Spinal instability is caused by a ligament injury. So... The ligaments, there are over 220 specialized ligaments that hold the spine together. 23 of those ligaments are disc, right? So you have uh, the vast majority of ligaments are non-disc. If you look at the cervical spine, you have no discs in the cranial cervical junction, obviously. So uh, uh, in order to assess the spinal soft tissue of the presence of any spinal soft tissue injury to the spine, you have to have flexion extension x-rays with accurate measurements to determine if they have excessive motion, which is a common finding. That's, that's the finding you're going to find on imaging with ligament damage, or if they have a disc herniation, or if they have a combination of the two. That's how you're going to determine from an x-ray the presence of any soft tissue injury. You can't tell if there is a soft tissue injury to the nerve with an X-Ray. You can't tell if there's a soft tissue injury to the muscle with an X-Ray. You can't tell if there is a soft tissue injury to the skin with an X-Ray. But you can tell if there's a soft tissue injury to the ligament with the X-Ray. And that is the most important structure. So, make a determination of spinal health including the presence of any soft tissue injury. Presence of any fractures. That's obviously obvious, and the presence of any bony pathologies. Let's say half the vertebrae you couldn't see because it it was worn away from cancer. That's a bony pathology, if they have bone cancer. right? So you're supposed to make an assessment of the spinal subluxation, make a determination of the presence of any soft tissue injury, and make an assessment. So number three, make an assessment of any spinal instabilities. Now, a spinal instability is the inability of the spine to maintain alignment under load so as to cause a motor, sensory, or a pain problem. So it's excessive motion that causes nerve interference. It's the same thing that was in 1972. The chiropractic profession said you could have a hypermobility. And a hypermobility was just that, hypermobility that caused nerve interference. The medical term for that is a spinal instability. And so all spinal subluxations are spinal instabilities, but that gives us the inroad on how to codify locating a spinal instability, because it's the easiest thing in the world. You take flexion extension x-rays, you look for areas of hypermobility, then you muscle test, motor test for the level, or sensory test for the level, or determine based on pain for the level, and that's how you squarely identify a spinal instability and a spinal subluxation. So the ICA best practice guidelines for x-rays say make an assessment of the spinal subluxation. Make a determination of the spinal health, including the presence of any soft tissue injury, presence of any fractures, and presence of any bony pathologies. Three, make an assessment of any spinal instabilities. Super easy to do. Make an assessment of any four, make an assessment of any disc or other degenerative changes. Easy. Make an accurate count of the vertebra levels for an individual patient. Right now, you use this. It says in this guideline to develop the most appropriate player, uh, plan of care for the patient. Now, today, a lot of chiropractors today don't think any of this, any of that, means anything. Any if there's if there's excessive loss of motion, it doesn't mean anything. If there's bad disc herniation, doesn't mean anything. If there's severe loss of curves, it doesn't mean anything. Now, the reason why it doesn't mean anything is because these doctors are going to treat the patient the same no matter what they have. And that really is not, in my opinion, a primary care provider. That's a therapist. That's not a primary care provider. Now, I might not be popular for saying that, but that's the truth. That is not a provider that's going to manage that patient's spine and spinal health for that individual for their life. How do you manage a spine or a patient's spine without imaging it? You really can't. You really can't. So if I managed the patient for 20 years and they had a significant internal condition, they had an injury, and it's causing severe degeneration because of a severe misalignment, Um, if I don't know it's there as the doctor, there's nothing I can tell that patient to do that's gonna improve that situation. So the falseness today of the fact that we have a very bad healthcare system because we have providers that do not follow their guidelines. They don't follow guidelines. They're not following any guidelines. That's why guidelines are so important. And they're very important in injury work because in injury work, Everything's under the scrutiny of, of, uh, you know, the the medical legal aspect of of things, which is part what I really like about it because you are under scrutiny and you should be going by guidelines. That's why, again, one of the things I love about the Smart Injury Doctors Program is the smart injury doctors are the doctors that are trained to be some of the best doctors in their market. If they're applying the material, if they're not applying the material, all bets are off if they're applying the materials then they make exceptional doctors but they're trained to actually use guidelines and to know why in chiropractic in in or in medicine or any any profession but i'm going to i'm going to stick more with chiropractic if the chiropractic professionals in the market today of 60,000, 70,000, 80,000, 90,000 strong actually used the same guidelines or very similar guidelines, and did it the same, the chiropractic profession would already be 10 times the size that it is today. And instead of uh, .03% of the healthcare market in in terms of total dollars spent, it may be five or 10% of the total healthcare market in terms of dollars spent with it. It would be the most prosperous uh, expansion in chiropractic that's ever occurred. And it's simple. It's not hard. And it really comes from understanding injury work. That's why I like the Smart Injury Doctors program so much, and that's why I like teaching it, is because it teaches not only the doctor about acute injuries and and what misaligns and how things misalign, but it also teaches anyone that knows that knows uh, better how to take care of somebody who has a chronic condition because the thing that causes chronic pain is the same thing that causes acute pain. And it's almost always caused from an injury. Doctors I thank you very much for for taking the time to listen to this program. Give me your attention. I hope you got something from it. On these podcasts, on these programs, I just try to take a relevant topic, spend a little bit of time on it. You get a feeling for myself. uh, I'm the founder of the Smart Injury Doctors program, kind of the the feel of the direction of the whole program um, so that you can decide that maybe you want to be better or do better in the injury market as well as I always say, if you have any comments, please put them down below. I pay attention to them. If you want me to talk about any topic in the future, please also put them down below. Again, I thank you for your attention and uh, stay tuned and, and keep abreast of the latest podcasts as they come out. Thank you very much.